Come back home with Anne and Mary Claire Sweet as they explore the lifestyles of yogis, uncover exciting yoga trends, and hang out with teachers who are keeping it real. They do it because it feels right. You ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay, let's do this. Hey, Byron, how's it going? Uh, hey, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm good. Welcome good. to our High Vibe podcast again. Yeah. Here at Villain Recording Studio in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona, where the vibe is always high. And thanks, everybody, for joining our podcast. And if you want to hear more, just go to iTunes, find us High Vibe Podcasts, and please rate our show. You can find us on SoundCloud as well. So today we are going to talk to a good friend, an old friend, an old teacher of mine. He's not old, but he's like, you know, has history with me. Yes. And his name is David Romanelli. We're going to call him right now. All right. He's just super cool. And and I'm late, so he's probably wondering why I haven't called. Okay, call. Let's go. David. He's probably going to hang up on you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you're so late. You're late. You're late. Windows closed. You're so late. I know I'm busy. Hey, David, it's Ann Sweet. Hey, Ann. Hi. Hey, we're live right now on my podcast. Awesome. Yeah. Great to speak to you. Well, first of all, my apologies for running a little late. We had uh, some technical difficulties before, but I think they've overcome. And you're here in like the coolest recording studio in Phoenix called Villain Recording Studio. And my good friend and sound engineer, Byron, is here with us. Hi. Byron. He won't be able to hear me, but I can hear him. Okay, good. He said hi. Um, so I'm so excited to talk to you today. You know, I was just telling Byron that you not only are an old friend, but you are so an old teacher of mine. And I don't mean old by age, which we're going to talk about later. But in my history, you have had great, significant, you know, events oh. that have changed my life incredibly. So I'm so excited to catch up with you. I'm excited to catch up with you. Thank you for, for having me on. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Um, so I know that probably everyone who's listening to this knows who you are. You're a very um, famous person in the yoga wellness industry, and you have three incredible books. I own them all. Living in the Moment is the first one, and I was just like, yeah, this is a great book, and then Happy is New Healthy. And then your most recent book, Life Lessons from the Oldest and Wisest, which I'm halfway through, and it's just such a blessing to have this book in, you know, right by my bedside at night, every night. It's like it's like coming to bed with an old friend, you know, if you if that's the thing. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so good. So tell us, how's everything going with you this year? You're just you're just blossoming into the world that I feel like you've always been, you know, traveling towards. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for all your kind work. Um, It's been a a huge shift. Um, I come from the yoga world and I started to recognize that there was so much wisdom in the elder generation. People in their 80s, 90s, and 100s. Untapped wisdom. And I, I started to connect with older people and interview older people, and I started to find that there's so much to learn if, as long as we're willing to slow down and listen. Yeah. And it started as this series of events that I did called Drinks with Your Elders, and then I I dove in and, and just wrote this book about it. But it, it's quite the shift 
um, from teaching yoga to kind of now being in this intergenerational space. Yeah, we're actually, you know, I was talking to Mary Claire today and she says, hi. So we're actually going to have a couple of those events at Lotus House of Yoga. I love it. I know. We already have, we, you know, we talked about it today and we're like, okay, this is who we want to invite. These are the people that we want to highlight. And we're really excited to get them going. Yeah, you know, it's so funny because they're a little bit challenging to put together because young people are like, what, what am I doing? I'm going to the older people and the older people are a little bit sometimes they're they're in their routines and they're a little stubborn about doing something different so everyone's sort of reluctant when they show up yeah but there's magic in in mixing the older and the younger it's just there's something about it that's really it feels good in your in your heart and your in your spirit yeah and i don't think that there's i mean besides like organized religion and you know, there's not a lot of places where that actually happens. Do you have a name for these? Is it called the gatherings, or is there a name for these events that you're 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 passionate about? I just I was just kind of wondering, like, is it called the gatherings? Because I think you referred to it as a gathering, which I thought was cool. Well, I mean, the funky name was drinks drinks with your elders, right? That I have been calling it. Sometimes I drinks is not appropriate in certain. Yeah. So I, you know, intergenerational um, events. I don't really have a, a specific name, but you should come up with a name. Yeah, I will. I will come up with a name for you. <laughs> yeah, we need a name. Yeah, well, you need a name because I think I feel like yoga studios all over the country could, you know, you could add this event into their, you know, workshop programs and things like that. And I think it's just so, it's so good because it's very hard for the yoga community to reach those two groups of people, the very young and the also, you know, over 50 crowd. Um, I don't like to call them old aging, but um, we're super excited about it. You know, our family is very much a generational family. Like we really honor the people that have come before us and we, make lots of efforts to remember them and, and honor them. And so I feel like that's something that is kind of lost, Yeah, you know, with families. I mean, families, listen, here's the deal. Like when, when I was growing up, there weren't a lot of families that were, you know, on second marriages and second families, you know, it was just a very traditional. And so the grandparents, you know, now like my granddaughter has like 10 grandparents (laughs) and it's all good it's all good but it's just a different dynamic so i feel like we do need to have platforms where we get those two groups of people together talking um because there's so much to offer and like i said i'm halfway through the book but it's just so it's so relevant to today and just honoring our our the people that have come before us and all the work that they've done and just being so grateful. I mean, like, you're the grateful king. Like, you're the king of grateful and the king of gratitude, you know? I, well, I, it's a challenge for me. I'm like a tired, I'm a tired parent. I have two young children. You know, I live in L.A., which is frenetic. And but what is interesting is when you hear the stories from these elders and what many of them went through, like, I've talked to many Holocaust survivors and, like, just put everything into perspective. 
Yeah. And you just remember that life can be very tenuous and precious. And mm-hmm. we, as long if you if your children are okay and your health is good, you'll figure out the other stuff. It may be annoying and give you a headache, and you might worry, but you'll you'll figure it out. You know, yeah. it's like you need that shift in perspective. And the elder generation went through harrowing times with World War II and the Holocaust, and even like the you know um, racism and civil rights movement. And so there's just a lot. They and we. Yeah. Strip away the formality of it. I mean, a lot of them are total badasses. Yeah. They're veterans and, you know, what they went through. And, and you forget that because they seem like they're in a walker and mm-hmm. they're tired. They're, they're, are they even with it? And then you sit down and talk to them and you hear their story and it really wakes you up. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it all does just kind of come down to gratitude and, you know, these people were are so grateful because they literally did come from absolutely nothing, a lot of them, that generation. Um, and to experience and live that. Now, I don't think that they felt like they came from nothing, but from our perspective today, you know, they didn't have a lot. You know, and I so I feel like if you could measure gratitude, you know, their their scores would be a lot higher than I'm just guessing a lot of the younger kids today who don't understand, you know, the, the huge separation between having and not having, being in trouble and not trouble, being near death and not near death, you know, all of those extremes that these people have gone through. But it's not like it can't happen all over again at any time. Yeah, that's, the, that's exactly the point. And I mean, the gratitude is a huge, perspective is a huge lesson mm-hmm. that you get from them. Another I learned that was most surprising to me was that when you're at the end of your life and you're looking back, it's not about, I mean, I rarely heard from any elders how much they accomplished and how successful they were, where they lived and how much they earned. It's all, almost always the things they talk about are the relationships. Yeah. And it's like not what you have to show for yourself, but who's showing up for you. Mm-hmm. That's the most important. And it, it, it's a reminder that, you, you know, the, the most important thing in life is, is, is the love and to love as best you can when you can. And if you do that, a lot of good comes from that. So we forget that when you're caught in the grind of building your business and your career and your social media numbers and mm-hmm. you forget all that kind of stuff. So that's another big wake up call you didn't- to older people. Didn't you say that the the average person is spending like between eight and nine hours a day? Is it a day or a week on like their tech, their tech friends, their social media and things like that? Ten hours a day in front of a screen oh my of God. One, one sort of a, or another on average. That's Ten scary. Hours a day, which is crazy. Well, and then if you look at the return on that investment, what is it? I don't know. I just don't know. But I know I do know that the return on the investment of having a real conversation with a real person is invaluable. You know what I mean? Factor trending towards loneliness, millennials and elders are tend to be lonely living in old age homes or alone at home. But 
the statistics show that millennials are even more lonely. Yeah. Oh, we got to change that. We got to help change yeah. that. <laughs> and that's why I think these intergenerational events are really important. Yeah. got to bring everyone together and, and have a conversation. Yeah. I mean, it would be even cool if they like added a class into like the public school system where they had like, you know, people from different generations come in and, you know, talk to the kids about their lives. I mean, like a real class, like ongoing every week, you know, just to get them exposed to those people and then help them learn about what does gratitude mean and how can I be, you know, part of that movement of being grateful for the things that I have and more honorable to the people in my lives. Um, you know, you had kind of a scary year event, an event that happened to you this year with your daughter and a hit and run uh, case. And I can't even imagine when I read that, um, what that must have been like. However, I feel like you've turned it into a positive as usual by, you know, focusing on, you know, how you're reacting to it. But tell me a little bit about, you know, see, here's, here's my dark side, my dark side. And I have suffered with anxiety for a very long time, but almost completely gone now. Um, my anxiety comes from the words, quote, what if, like, what if that would have happened? What if this would have happened? And I go back and I used to like replay that in my mind all the time, which I'm sure a part of that happened after the accident with you. Yeah. I mean, it was a scary moment. My daughter, we were in the jogging stroller, I actually start my new book Yeah, right. with this story. And we were in a jogging stroller and a car was, distracted driver was looking down and barreled around the corner and, and hit the stroller and went flying 15 feet and collapsed on its back. And by the grace of God, she was okay. Yeah. Big, thick, chunky jogging stroller and hit it on the side. And, and it was the scariest moment of my life. Um, and it's just a wake up call to the danger of how, of how distracted we all oh, are. Yeah. Think, living like this mm-hmm. and you know we're not really designed to do more than one thing at a time and it could have been any of us driving the car right looking at the phone we use our, our our cars as like an office and you get your calls yeah do the texts and maybe some emails and guilty until you hit somebody's baby and then it you know it's, that would change your life yeah in so many ways mm-hmm. so it was a wake-up call um and i do feel very, very fortunate just on days when I feel like I don't have enough or I need something I don't have. I, you know, I remember my, my kids are okay. And as long as your kids are okay, yeah, life is good. Yes. And that's, it was a big wake up call though. And you talk about gratitude and I mean, you know, you don't want to have, you don't want to have to have something extreme like that happen in order to, you know, wake you up. Yeah. Well, when you do have those those days, and we all have them, I I call them going down the rabbit hole. What do you personally do to stop that thought, stop it, or shift it into a way that you know we know over time, if you keep doing that over and over and over, stop the thoughts of negativity and fear, and you can actually change the way that your brain thinks. How do you do that? How do you? How does Dave do that? I mean, I I, I do meditation and I do it 20 minutes in the morning and as long as I have a, a 
morning practice. I listen to, I have a morning practice that I do, and as long as I do my morning practice, I am in a good headspace mm-hmm. through through the through the most of the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I miss my morning practice, then my head gets cluttered, and I don't I lose my perspective, and I, I tend to be more vulnerable to comparing myself. And you know, it, it's interesting. I had a great one of the stories not in the book that I learned from an elder um, was this lady Linda Jones, and she her dad was Chuck Jones, who was one of the, the creators of the Looney Tunes, like oh, Bugs I love Bunny him, yeah, like, love him. And when, yeah, when she was growing up, she compared herself to her dad, and she felt like she wasn't amounting to much, and she had this really successful father. And, and so she wrote her dad a letter and said, Dad, I feel really bad about myself. I'm not, I'm not amounting to much in life. I'm comparing myself to you, and I'm, I'm just really down right now. And her dad wrote her back, and he said, Linda, get the fuck off my mountain. You have your mountain to climb, and I have mine. And then the rest of the letter was very loving, but it was like this great wake-up call to her that we, you know, we all have our, yeah. our journey and our lives to lead of comparison now, especially with social media, is so intense. Yeah. You scroll through your Instagram and and it's just, it's like a disease. Yep. You see all the people are doing that you're not doing and everything mm-hmm. that people have accomplished and where they're traveling and it's really hard to be grateful and happy and have peace of mind with that culture. Yeah. And we need to, we need to, I saw this great quote by this Jesuit priest, Gregory Boyle. He said, um, resilience is grounding yourself in your own loveliness. Mm. And so having that morning to like reset and remember, okay, this is, this is my life and these are my people and this is my talent. These are my gifts and I'm going to sell and be psyched about these and root myself in that before the day begins. And usually I, I handle those desires and setbacks pretty well. Yeah. Well, I think that that's just so telling. I mean, you know, the whole social media thing, I have no idea where it's going. It's like this big, huge force. And I see a lot of people on it spending a lot of time. And I think, like you said, at the end of the day or the end of your life, you're not thinking about Instagram or posting or anything. You're thinking about time spent with loved ones. So somehow we got to figure out how to like kind of reel that back in. And um, it is kind of, uh, you know, like we do most of our business on social media. So it's a little bit of like, I need to be posting today about these events and things that are happening. But then sometimes literally, like I'll just say, no, I'm just not into it today. And I just, I don't want to be that person who's like, you know, a prisoner to social media. So it's just... there's no doubt it's a good tool for business and you have to, yeah. you have to embrace it, but it's making you feel bad about yourself, which I think it does to everybody. There yeah. has to be a way to, to work, work that boundary and yeah. know when to shut it down and what you need to do to feel better again. Yeah. Well, I, the, just this year I made a pledge to myself that if I see or hear something that makes me feel like my intuition feel like you said, like kind of not bad about yourself, but just like 
you know, just questioning, I automatically like delete it or, you know, you can do something like where you can still be friends, but you don't have to see their posts. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I do that and I've done it a lot and it's very, you know, that's working for me, but you know, for a lot of people, I'm sure that they don't do that. And you know, it'll come, it'll all come around and we'll all be sick of it. And hopefully there'll be some new, new way to communicate, but in a good, in a, in a positive way, I mean, the networking and catching up with people that you haven't talked to. And Hey, my mom is on social media and my mom is 89 years old and she loves it. So, you know, there's, there's goods and, and, uh, and everything to it, but yeah, I was looking also about, you know, because I knew we would be talking about the aging population. Um, and I was wondering about the spending ability of these people that are 60 and over. And I read this report that those people that are age 60 and plus will reach $15 trillion annually on global spending, global spending power, by the year 2020. So they are expected to account for at least 40% of consumption growth in between 2015 and 2030, which, you know, if anything helps us focus on the aging population, it should be money, right? (laughs) Like I, it's so funny that we're having this conversation because I did a podcast on my birthday and my intention for this year was to raise the awareness for aging populations. And we talked about your book coming out and all of the work that you're doing. Um, but it is kind of on the front of my, you know, thoughts, behaviors, and patterns, because I am approaching the, these ages. Um, and it's just a really interesting time in my life where I am becoming this this age. I'm 58 years old this year, by the way. Get out. I know. I mean, Isn't that is it crazy? It is crazy. You don't look nearly. I mean, 58 is not. <laughs> I mean, if we're living now, you know, the average, I don't know what the average longevity is, but I think it's over 80 now. So, I mean, by the, you'll, you'll easily, you easily have another 30 years, maybe 40 years to go. Yeah. I mean, I have friends who, you know, are like, when are you going to retire? And I'm like, retire? What are you yeah. talking about? Mm-hmm. I'm just getting started. <laughs> and that's how I feel. And, you know, it's always um, an interesting question when, you know, people are like, oh, you're how old? And I'm like, yeah, I might be this age numerically, but I still feel like I'm 25. Okay. Like inside, like my thoughts, my feelings, my behaviors, they haven't, it's still the same person, even though the shell is changing a little bit, you know? That's one of the interesting things I learned writing this book is that the you know when you, you could be ninety four years old and your body could be shutting down, but there's a part of you that still has still is dreaming and still wants your favorite food and wants yeah. to listen to your favorite music, and it, it's not there's a part of you that's not old. There, and that's the frustrating part about the way we treat elders. Right. Is that there's a part of them that's very much alive, and you're not treated like that or perceived like that. I know. It's so weird. This is what I'm this is what I personally am experiencing on a daily basis because I still feel the exact same way and I you know and I'm a little bit of an anomaly, you know, like I love hip hop music and I love rock and roll and I, you know, party 
you know, within boundaries and, you know, I'll throw the F-bomb around once in a while, you know, and it's like, don't treat me. Like sometimes I'll go to a yoga class and I'll like, ah, yeah, well, they're, they used to kind of like want to talk to me. And I feel like as I get older, I can feel the distance between people and myself just because of my age, which is so frustrating. Well, you're probably around a lot of young people. I am. Yoga studio, right? Yeah. I am. Yeah, it's definitely a source of uh, frustration. I mean, even though I've seen with my own dad, who's 75, but he doesn't feel 75, and he still does meetings and consults, and but I know that it gets frustrating when he walks in the room for a meeting and people see him as like the old fart. Yeah. (laughs) And it's frustrating and advice is not respected so highly when you're 75 and you're not seen as relevant. And that's particularly American culture where it's youth and glamour, but it has to change. Yeah. Yes. It's going to change and we're changing it and you're changing it. And I thank you for that. Because little did I know that when I met you, what, hmm, was it like 12 years ago at at One Yoga that, you know, we would be having this conversation 10 years later. You've written three books. You're like world-renowned, famous, like guru. And, you know, I just think like the work that you're doing is so important and so relevant. And I just want to thank you for all of the things that you're doing. You're just amazing. And I love your messaging. So, Thank you, David. Yeah, thanks for uh, such kind words and for the invitation to be on the show and for reading my book. I really appreciate it. Oh, my gosh. No, we, Mary Claire said, make sure and tell Dave that I've bought 10 books off of Amazon and I'm giving them away all to my friends as Christmas presents, and she has. (laughs) Um, And I just want to say one thing to the people listening that the greatest thing about this is if it, if it, woke you up or moved you at all, that there's old older people all around you all the time that are waiting in line for coffee at the coffee shop or behind you and on your way to lunch or, or maybe you know an older person that lives on your street. And a lot of times they, they feel invisible is what I've heard. And just people don't see them. And just the simple hello or acknowledgement, let alone stopping to chat and have a conversation, it's like it, it's, it's feels so good to them to be seen and, and to be heard. So Yeah, I think like in these um, events that we're going to be putting on together <laughs> called The Gathering, um, we will be, you know, sending people home with little activities like that where they can kind of like keep, you know, their awareness alive when it comes to these types of interactions with people that aren't their same age, you know. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that's a that's a thing. We can do that for sure. It would be cool to have like a little aging journal for people who are young and then vice versa for the older people have like an aging journal for them and the younger people, you know, so that they, they also make an effort. Cause I do feel like sometimes the elderly population doesn't put themselves out there to make an effort to, you know, it's, there's a lot of judgment from them and stuff. But anyway, when I go to these places where I run into these, you know, these people that, look at me in a certain way, you know, I try to change that, you know, energy by talking to them and hanging out and just, you know, having relationships. So by the way, I was the oldest person at the Drake concert, like last year. So this is, (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. Like this old lady, this older lady, and I met at Starbucks tonight. Was talking to her, and she said her people that she knows who retired young, like most of them have passed away, and you know the, it, that that philosophy of retire and you know get yeah. relaxed in Florida Why? or wherever is not conducive to health. You got to no. feel a sense of engagement and purpose. Yeah. embrace the challenges of life rather than just resent them. Yes. So I think your philosophy is, is exactly one of health and happiness. Yes, yes. And it has to do a lot with just like energy. You know, I've always had like a ton of energy and I just don't want that to die. You know, you got to keep pumping it, you know, keeping it alive and keep it fiery. And, um, you know, by talking to people like you, it helps. It helps. It helps. So tell me what's coming up for you this year besides the book, which is huge. Are you, um, I was looking a little bit about your coaching programs and I really like, you know, you kind of said if Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra take you down the double black diamonds of (laughs) self-help, think of me as your guide on the bunny slopes. And I'm like, yes, that's me. That's so fun. I love it. I I have these, um, these meditation programs. They're six Mm. months journeys or online programs and what's unique about it is that you sign up and then the next one starts January 15th and I'll have it up on my website davidromanelli.com in, in a few days here good and it's 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 every day you get a new meditation Ooh. so it's like kind of like a podcast that yeah. segues into reflection and relaxation and you get a new one every day so it feels like you wake up to it we're on the journey together I share from my personal experiences and things that are happening in, in the news and pop culture. So you feel like it's like meditation that's accessible and entertaining and super relevant. Love it. And our theme for this one is called Thy Will Be My Will. Mm. And it's breaking down the ego and the personal agenda and desires and being more awake and aware of the signs and symbols that are all around you all the time. So that is, um, and I'm going to be interviewing people, uh, not just elders, but also school teachers and, and hardworking moms who have like really hard earned wisdom, people who I call the forgotten voices that don't have the spotlight, mm-hmm. but have a lot of wisdom and a lot of great stories to share that remind you that you're not in it alone and that there's a lot of people out there going through some really extreme challenges and when we connect and we listen to each other it gives you strength and hope and makes you feel good yeah and i think you know the news right now doesn't do that and you no you just kind of, people i think need more of a, a hope in their life mm-hmm. yes and like the burst of positivity to start your day and so that's what that's what one of the important things i'm working on going into the new year yay all right well, you, you know, I gotta, I can't not talk to David and, and not mention the Grateful Dead because yeah. I feel like you, <laughs> besides you and Dan Wolf, uh, you guys are like the biggest deadheads that I know. So what's happening with the, that whole part of your life? Are you still loving the Grateful Dead? Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I have a four-year-old son who listens to it with me and I'm counting the days so I could take him to a dead end company. Yes. Concert. He's probably a little young, but um, 
I don't get out much these days because I, my kids are so young and I, I want to be the kind of parent who is as hands-on as possible. Mm-hmm. But I, he really enjoys the Grateful Dead. And oh, I think knows. you could totally, We, you know, we went to that concert here in Phoenix can't remember where it was, but it was an outdoor theater. And we had like the the picnic blanket seats in the back, which was amazing. And there were kids running all over. And it was really cool to see the families there. That was I with, love it. I love it. Yeah, that was with, um, who was touring with them? John Mayer. Yeah, I think he's, there's people who are anti that whole John Mayer thing. Right. Half of my friends won't, will not go. I don't Why? know. I don't he's know. He's amazing. Oh, my God. Dis- Makes no sense to me. I think it's a great to see them playing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not Jerry Garcia, but it's still good to see them playing live and hear the songs you love and everybody's saying the, singing the words. And You know, what's better to be? I'd rather be seeing them live than sitting home listening to Jerry from 1973 when you could be. Yes. With the community. Oh, my God. The songs you love. It was great. Literally like a big family picnic. People were dancing and having fun. Their kids all over. It was outside. It was super cool. And, you know, every time I kind of hear the Grateful Dead, I kind of think of you and my, This you'll get a kick out of this, but my daughter's husband's father was a deadhead mm-hmm. and Peter Hasselback, who is not with us any longer. Um, and he was a photographer and he literally used to follow the dead's around at all of their concert. He has like one of the largest photography collections that no one even knows about <laughs> of the Grateful Dead of anyone in the entire world. Isn't that crazy? Like he took pictures yeah. of the concert. Yeah, he was he was he was a photography major. We were in art school together and he went to all I mean since he was like 17 went to all of their concerts. This was this would be like back in 19, you know, I guess like 75 or something. And from that point on until he was like 35, 40, he took pictures and of all the concerts and has them in this room, <laughs> all these slides and photos and, and things like that of the Grateful Dead. And how does one see this collection? They're just in this room. <laughs> a room. Yeah, they're in a box, they're in rooms, they're in slides, they're in negatives. They're, they've never been like published or anything. So anyway, in Omaha, in Lincoln, Nebraska, Oh, in Lincoln. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. Isn't that crazy? Very crazy. I know (laughs) he was a very cool deadhead. And so, so my daughter's husband, James and his family were like a deadhead family. They would go to all the concerts, these little kids, like, you know, you know what I'm, you can imagine, you can visualize it, right? We're talking about major hippies here. (laughs) and so yeah so i have this great influence of the grateful dead in my lineage now and i'm super super happy about it oh that's so special i know isn't it see the collection i know i know lots of people who would love to see the collection i know lincoln i guess yeah we'll have to we'll have to figure it out i'll have to talk to them about it it's been a kind of a wish of mine to to explore that but uh it's kind of delicate but anyway i just thought you'd get a kick out of that and so thank you so much dave i'm so excited to talk to you and catch up and thank you you know mc and i talk about all the time if it wasn't for david romanelli and ian lupayton but especially you 
you know, Lotus House of Yoga would not even be alive. And we have five studios today and, you know, hundreds and hundreds and thousands of uh, students. And, you know, you were a huge part of that. You got on the phone with us and you helped us kind of knock out business plan and all of those things. So we just really want to thank you for that and for everything that you do for us. Listen, I can't wait. I hope to see your your creation at some point soon. And congratulations on a thriving community. Thank so you. You're always yeah. welcome. You're you're a family member in the legacy of the history of old aged yogis. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. This okay. Show. Well, have a happy holiday and give hugs to all the kids and the family and parents and. We will be catching up with you soon when we have our gathering events at the Lotus House of Yoga. Okay? Love it. Okay, Dave. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Wow. Wasn't that, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm just so blessed to be able to talk to these people. Right. It's very cool. Yeah. He's amazing. He was just so helpful getting Lotus House of Yoga started. So anyway, you guys, thank you for joining us today and listening. Don't forget to buy these books for Christmas, they're so amazing and they're just, people will love them. A book is so special as a gift, don't you think, Byron? Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Li- like, I don't really read that much. You don't? <laughs> no, because I, I'm terrible and my vocabulary well, shows it. But uh, I have a lot of friends that read and they love getting well, books as Well, here's gifts. the cool thing. It's even on Audible. Do you know audible.com? Mm, I've heard of that. Yeah. It's like I'm Download audiobook it type stuff. Listen to it. Right? It's so cool. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, just check us out. And um, if you're interested in knowing more about our life coaching programs, please reach out to me and sweet at lotushouseofyoga.com. We'd love to talk to you about that. And then don't forget, Darren Rhodes is coming to Lotus House of Yoga on January 18th, 19th, and 20th. And this weekend will count towards your teacher training or continuing education. You may not know Darren, but he's amazing. He's from Yoga Oasis in Tucson, Arizona, and part of the Yoga Glow community. And he was also listed as one of the top 21 talented young teachers um, by Yoga Journal. I mean, he would hate it if I said that, but anyway, I had to to say that because it's it's a thing. Um, But he's just a super cool guy who you would love to learn from. So just keep that in mind at Lotus House of Yoga, January 18th, 19th, and 20th. Please keep the vibe high, you guys. We love you so much. Thanks for listening. And we're out. Namaste. Are you feeling a loss in your life? Are inspirational quotes still not working? Do you feel like you are replaying the same day over and over again? When was the last time you actually spent time with your true self? Do you want a program that will put you on a path towards empowering you to make a real change? a change in career or relationship or your health, then you need to join the movement of personal coaching by participating in high vibrational life coaching. You will tap into the same qualities we practice on our yoga mat, like clarity, awareness, and living in the moment. Partner with Mary Claire Sweet, myself and Sweet, or any of our professional life coaches for this powerful series that will empower you to achieve real change. Just contact us at info at lotushouseofyoga.com. Come back home.